I'm Mackenzie Berry, Environmental Education and Communications Coordinator. Here today with me is Cindy Spilnick, Conservation Technician for Correct. our NRD. And I'm excited to be here to talk with you a little bit about conservation stuff that we do. Thank you. Cindy, how long have you been working for us as a Conservation Technician? It will be 30 years in November. So in the time that you've been working with us, you've accomplished a lot. You've seen a lot of changes in technology from when you first started 30 years ago. And I want to just visit a little bit about what it is that you do for us. Landowners or farm operators will come in and tell us what the problem is. And we try to come up with a solution for that problem. It's mostly conservation minded problems. And so when you say a problem, what kind of a problem? Like give us some it, examples. Erosion in the field, uh, not being able to maintain a waterway, needing to maintain a waterway, water's running down the sides of the waterway. When they can't control the water leaving their fields, they ask for some help. So your boots on the ground, helping them figure out how to do some stuff in their field Correct. to improve it. But the Correct. first step is them coming in and seeing you and they identifying what's going on. We don't drive around looking for no. problems. They come to us sure. and tell us they have a problem. So I'm a landowner. I come in and I say, Cindy, I've got this erosion problem in my field. What's the next step? Well, we talk about what their options are. If there is time and not 60 to 70, 80 people come in every year and ask. So not everyone gets a field visit. But if there's time, we'll do a field visit and determine at that time what needs to be done. Usually when farmers come in, they'll know what they want to do. They know they want the terraces replaced or they do need terraces put in or they want tile outlets rather than waterways. We do an application for that. So Cindy, I know that the NRD offers a lot of different cost share programs to help get a lot of these best management practices on the ground. Can you explain to us the process and how it works? When the farmer or landowner comes in and tells of their problems or what they have in mind, they apply for conservation work cost share. This comes through the NRD. There's two seasons that usually we do. The summer, where they can start the work May 1st and have it done by September 15th, or the fall sometimes leads into the spring working on. Most people love to do fall work. They like to do it after harvest, but we get too many people that apply for fall work and there's not enough contracts not enough Contract. conservation technicians to go around yeah. and do all the yeah. work. And sometimes the weather doesn't cooperate. Correct. Like mm -hmm. last year, yes, last, the winter wet. of 18, where we had so much snow, we didn't get hardly anything done. So they come in, apply for conservation work. We fill out an application. It's submitted to the NRD. The NRD looks at those applications for the summer. They look at them in March and April and May and make their approvals. There's an incentive to do summer work. Cost share normally is 60% of our average county costs for terraces and so forth. And in the summer, they get 75%, plus they get an extra $5,000 approval. So 75%, $15,000 max. Fall, spring is 60% cost share, $10,000 max. So the incentive is there for them to try and do summer work, but summer work can be sometimes a lot tighter in terms of Correct. is the weather cooperating can we get the contractor here in time? I've got to get my beans or my corn planted. There's a push right. for it, but a bigger cost share there, probably to help alleviate some of what's happening in the fall. Correct. To try and make sure that we can serve everybody who would like to and, have cost share. And to offset the loss maybe of crop yield and so forth. And then we do have people that still plant wheat and plant oats. 
Mm-hmm. And they come in and do their work in July. With those people, the cover crop program, they can use that to sow a cover crop right after their construction work is done, which is great because it helps take that field through the winter without severe erosion right. and extra right. cuts in the fields because of the rain or snows. You talked about terraces. Can you explain a little bit more to help us visualize What's a terrace? A terrace simply is, and what I tell children a lot of times, is those speed bumps you see in the fields. It directs the water to a known, an outlet that we make, whether it be a tile outlet with a riser, and those are those orange things, or sometimes they're white. And then the water's directed underground to a good solid outlet place where we can outlet it, down the bottom of the hill usually. Or we can outlet those terraces in waterways. And terraces help to slow the flow of water down as well. Yep, so there's a couple different functions. Can you talk with us more so we can visualize a waterway? You might see that at the bottom of a field, right? Waterways can be in the field where the terraces drain into. A waterway would be a flat bottom grassed area the water is directed to, and then they may have to maintain that grass and keep some depth. They have a little side slope so the water can stay within that waterway as it goes down. So I'm visualizing this. A waterway is grassed. It has some sort of grass in it. The water drains off the terrace into this grassed waterway, and it's basically capturing it and holding it there and hopefully soaking it up if we aren't having a large rain event. Right, soaking it up and then directing it to where it needs to go outside the field, whether it be a ditch or a stream or something. And the other thing, too, I think with those grass waterways is that if any soil does happen to run off, they'll capture some of that loose soil. And that's why they need to rebuild them, because over years, it captures a lot of soil, and the waterway itself gets higher than the ground around it. And then ditches form around the sides of the waterway, and that's where they need to start rebuilding the waterways. So this grass in the waterway, do we mow it? Are they supposed to, when you say maintain it, should it be mowed, or do they want it to be tall? It depends on the landowner or the farm operator. A lot of them mow once a year. They don't mow more than that. Usually they do not bale them. A lot of them like to mow, and that way they can see those ditches forming when they get in there and do some maintaining. What types of grasses would they choose to put in a waterway? Not what we have in our lawns. No, No. we usually put a brome grass mixture, brome being a good sod-forming grass that would help. They'll choose between a switchgrass, big blue stem, tall fescue, cytos grama. There's a whole slew of different grasses we can use as long as they have a good bunch of grass in there too that helps form that. That's some nice habitat too for animals. Correct. We've seen animals in yeah. the waterways. Yeah, exactly. There. So in addition to that, I know one of our newest programs is cover crops. Correct. Can you talk a little bit about cover crops for us? Well, cover crops, they're using that to keep something growing in the field months out of the year than just when we have a row crop. So what they'll do is for corn, they can aerial seed the cover crop in August or September, and that will come up despite the corn growing, as long as it gets some moisture in there, you can go out to the field and see it coming up. What that helps is keep the soils so they won't erode away. It's very good for that. And also it helps put down roots, and those roots help get the water into the ground so it infiltrates. And so what would an example of a cover crop be? There are many options of that, too. Favorite one around here is ryegrass. Mm-hmm. There's ones that use turnips. There's ones that use a field radish. There's a pea. There's all kinds of different types that you can mix together. 
So I just want to touch base a little bit. I know we also have um, farm ponds. Do you want to just talk a little bit about those? Right. We have a cost share program for farm ponds. Again, it's 60% average cost. We take applications all year long and look at those applications usually in January to February where they go to the board to get approved. Farm ponds can control erosion, problems with ditching and so forth, that it's a bigger area that a terrace would not solve the problem. Drainage area would have to be over 30 acres for a farm pond. That's called a grade stabilization project. Or they could do it for livestock water. Some people like to do them for wildlife and recreation. And it does act a little bit. It's not a, Farm ponds aren't giant, but they do help in a large rain event with a little bit of flood correct, storage. Correct, correct. Yeah. Especially our grade stapes where people sometimes do not want any water, but it'll stabilize the area and then the water goes out right away. Cindy, let's talk a little bit about buffer strips. Can you tell us what they are and how they work and why they're important? Buffer strips can be put along streams, creeks. Scientists have found that if you have at least a 30-foot buffer strip, most of the chemicals coming out of the field will be filtered out before they get into the water body. So we recommend buffer strips on new ponds when people build ponds and dams. And we also recommend that they put them along creeks. There's programs that they can cost share. NRD does offer a program for cost share for filter and strips and buffer strips, but they can find from the federal government a better deal for that. There is some other things we can do for them too. We can add on with Nebraska. Agriculture Department has a buffer program also. But you could help them with placing it. Like yes, where are we the do. best places for that? So you right. might help them with that. And we do have a little bit of cost share, but there's some better cost share and you right. would help facilitate that match. We there was years that we did that's all we did all spring was stake buffers. We would parallel to the edge of the creek, thirty feet, sixty feet, whatever they chose to do. There's a lot of work to be <laughs> done with it. A lot of walking. Yeah, to a lot be of walking. With. Yeah. So Cindy, let's talk a little bit about dams. The NRD has 180 dams throughout our district and they help obviously with large rain events and flood storage. Correct. And these dams do need to be inspected. And so a portion of the dams you inspect once a year, correct? Correct. I go out usually in the spring, right around now, March, April. We try to get all of them inspected. Right now I do about 36 of them, eastern part of Cass County. Most of my dams are pretty old, so right. they are from the 50s and 60s. You know, you have things you look at when you go to inspect and you're reporting back to the NRD office, you know, the integrity of the dams. Correct. Are there any types of work that need to be done, any types of repairs that are needed? And that's really just done so that those dams can do their job, uh, which is to help during large, large right. rain events. They're all flood control structures. Mm -hmm. We check to make sure there's no excessive amount of trees growing on them. Check for, we have problems with beaver and a lot of them plugging up the, the risers and so forth too because they want the dams even bigger. <laughs> Any erosion problems so that we can find things that are going on. So yes, we do a, an inspection. There's usually two of us that go out and look at all the dams. Try to get it done. You can do about five a day. And that's done, um, I think, in the spring so that if there, are, if there are any repairs needed, we know because, of course, NRD budgeting time starts April, May, um, and, and that gives us a heads up so we can prepare correct. and be ready to make any repairs that are needed. Right, and they can come out in the summer months and do some of those, too. If I said to you, you know, we kind of started this story with, I come in, I'm a landowner, I tell you I have erosion. Hopefully you have time, you come out, do a, do a site visit. Correct. I want to talk about what happens after the site visit. The next steps, usually I like to go out and survey. We've 
changed our survey methods over the last 30 years. From when I started, it was a two-person crew. One person was on the surveying equipment, and the other person was out walking, holding a rod, and that person on the instrument was reading what they were shooting, seeing, and putting it in a notebook. From there, we went to lasers. We could do a one-person crew. You could go out and survey by yourself because you had a receiver on your rod. You still had to write down the information, and there was nobody at the end of the field to pick you up when you got to the end. (laughs) So that was difficult. Well, now we're up to GPS. Everything is done by GPS. You can survey by yourself, but everything's recorded. You don't have to write anything down. And now when you survey, you just go back and forth. You can end up back at the pickup. It still is a lot of walking. Or some people use a Polaris, a Gator, a UTV vehicle to survey with. Everything's changed with the way we survey from two-person crew down to one-person crew. Uh, So we survey, take the information back to the office, download it into our computers, and design our terraces, tile outlets, waterways, whichever, whatever we're doing doing. Then we go back out to the field and stake that. The paperwork is given to the landowner. They sign off on it. And then we also meet with the contractor and make sure. Now we have contractors that have what we call smart dozers, where we can, instead of printing out and instead of staking the terraces, we give them the design and they put it in their dozer. Things have changed drastically. I did not know that that technology, (laughs) I mean, it makes sense in this 2020, so it makes sense that there's different technology available. I had no idea that that was available for bulldozing and dirt work. Two contractors that do it that way, several others that use GPS just to read how they're doing. Then what? We check their work. We verify that they did as was designed. If everything meets our specifications, we complete the paperwork, the cost share approval forms, get signatures from landowners, and submit it to the NRD. Now, my job isn't done. Once they get paid, I have to also enter progress into the computer so that we can show that how much work is being done in the office. That helps keep staff at the office. Cindy, you are our employee. You're an NRD employee but you work out of the Weeping Water NRCS office. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the partnership between the NRD and the NRCS? NRCS is the Natural Resource Conservation Service. They are a USDA government office, and we're located. Usually their offices are one per county, and this one for Cass County is in Weeping Water, and that's where I've been my whole career. Even though my day-to-day boss is around here, My real boss, (laughs) NRD boss, is in Lincoln, which I very seldom see. But we work together as a team. Just because the NRD approves 50, 60 jobs a year doesn't mean I do 50, 60, all of them. There's a team. There's another conservation technician that works for the NRCS here. We work together. He checks my designs. I check his designs. We also go out to the field and look at things together. If he has questions or I have questions, we can shoot things off of each other and help each other out. The cooperation has been great. The understanding between the offices, the, the NRCS, supplies me with my truck that I use and some of the equipment. The NRD supplies me with my GPS equipment that I use. It's been a great relationship. We have the same goals. We both are doing the same thing. And that's that's one of the reasons why there are NRD technicians in NRCS offices. Correct. Because we recognize the need for it and we want to help support this program, right. and so the partnership is there. I do assist with their their 
programs too, whether it be the equip program where they can do terraces and tile with that too, and so forth, and other things that come up. I assist them. Team player. Yes, we're a team. Yes, I keep telling yeah, them for sure. We're 100%. a team. Cindy, thank you for taking time to sit down with me today. I really enjoyed our discussion. Very interesting, learning more about the work that you do for the NRD and our conservation programs. Well, thank you. I enjoyed it. 